What's going on, guys? Ryan Spagnoli here with my co-host once again, Pat Lane, for an instant reaction show to the Patriots' 33-7 win, improving to 5-0 and for the eighth time in the Brady and Belichick era. Pat, how's it going? Great win. Lots to talk about, though. You know, and I think from the first half perspective, I kind of want to get into that. Uh, but how's, how's it going? How's it going? Well, there's a lot to talk about. It's going pretty well. I have to say, it's a little sluggish this morning. Uh, had a bachelor party over the weekend, and I'm not as young as I used to be. Um, <laughs> and uh, and it was a tough morning. And I, I, you know, I think it's relevant because I wonder if perhaps the same thing happened to the Patriots. Uh, they came out awfully sluggish on offense. Just uh, brutal. Uh, one of one of the worst interceptions you'll see Brady throw. Uh, and they just they weren't really moving the ball at all on offense uh, in that first half. And luckily, um, you know, they were able to score, even though they missed the extra point, able to score and, and take a 12-7 lead into the half. But, uh, you know, it, it did not look good. It really didn't. And I actually popped on 98.5, the sports hub, for a few minutes uh, with Greg Bedard and Mark Bertrand and talked about it. Uh, and I think, you know, in the first half um, – and we've seen this for about two, two and a half games now where the Patriots are really struggling, especially early on in the game from their drive starters, right? I mean, last year, we talked about it this week on our show about their identity as an offense. What is it? We still don't know. And these are the games where they should be able right. to find out what it is. You know, we know yep. from the first four to six weeks, they're finding schemes. They're finding the right personnel groupings. What is their identity? And we still don't know. They are struggling. It, there's too many third and longs with this offense. It's a it's a carry to Michelle, two yards, right? Halfback draw or an incompletion. Then you're looking at a third, seven, third, and eight. It's too much of that. And I think they're getting away with that right now because their defense is playing unbelievable. And I don't want to take any credit away from them. But, hey, they haven't played anybody. If you're going three and out and constantly having third and six, third and sevens versus Kansas City versus, you know, Baltimore, these teams you're going to have to face down the road and in the playoffs, it's going to come back to bite you. They need to figure this right. out. What's their drive start? What is it? We don't know. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I thought today, one of the things that I thought helped significantly today is that Sony Michelle actually was catching some passes, which I thought was great because they didn't do that at all last year. And they haven't done it at all this year. But once Michelle started catching some passes, then you could see the defense lighten up a little bit because they can't just assume it's going to be a run if Michelle's on the field and, you know, just having that threat there, even if it's not much, even if it's just like, oh yeah, you catch, you catch a five-year pass every now and again, just something. And so, and that's really what they needed. And I thought that that helped significantly uh, with, you know, with their drive starters, like you said, and, and them being able to actually run the football, which they weren't really able to do in the first half. No, they weren't. And I think, you know, Matt Lacoste talked about it in his post-game presser, um, that Belichick was pissed. This offense got reamed out. 12 points in the first half versus that Washington defense. I mean, let alone the score 33-7. They were awful in that first half. And it, it's really been that way, Pat, for the last, like I said, second half of that Jets game. They really struggled getting the ball going. Drive starters, yeah. once again, Buffalo. They were obviously brutal, but you know they're top three to five defense in the league. So, okay, whatever. We'll give right. you a pass there. But you thought they'd come out today, guns blazing, with a pep in their step. Hey, let's pound the ball. Let's, you know, up-tempo offense and, and really put the pressure on them. And they didn't. I mean, luckily, the defense showed out again. And, I mean, how can you not expect them to with the players they have up front and facing Colt McCoy? 
Uh, but shifting our focus really to the defense because, you know, I want to talk about some positives here. Dante Hightower was the best player on the field tonight. Um, it's great. Obviously missed last week with a shoulder injury. I think that was more precautionary. Um, yeah. And the defense played phenomenal, obviously, last weekend, too, with four interceptions without him. But he was flying around the field. Five, I think it was five tackles, uh, one and a half sacks. He was constantly bringing pressure, constantly in the backfield. It was one of his best games. That, that was a Super Bowl-type performance from Dante really Hightower. Week five in Washington. Give me that every time. That oh, was great. It was great. And, and I thought the whole linebacking core played well. Van Noy had a good game. Jawan Bentley, I thought, played great. And he so, popped like, he, Chris he Thompson. Start, Remember that yeah. hit in the third quarter? Woo! Oh, yeah. Oh, he got him. And that's so, and they, and they played really well. One of the things I thought was interesting um, that I noticed uh, about halfway through the game, and I think they did it most of the game, but they, they had kicked Dietrich Wise inside, and he was playing a lot of D tackle. Um, and I thought that he played pretty well in that spot. Now, Obviously, he's not going to be there against the power running team, right? But, you know, Washington doesn't really run the ball very well. And so, you know, uh, obviously they had a long touchdown run. But beyond that, Washington did nothing. They were in the backfield constantly. They were they were disrupting. And so, I mean, as a, from a defensive performance standpoint, it was just – it was fantastic. And they had the one forced fumble, and then they had the one interception where, um, where the rookie uh, – I think it was the rookie that ran the, that ran the touchdown, I believe – um, he stopped and McCordy kept going and he thought was, and McCordy was going to run slant and McCordy picked it off. So that's five games in a row to start the season with a McCordy interception. Now this was at the other McCordy, but it was still a McCordy with an interception. Yeah. I mean, like I said, not, not much. It's the same old, same hole with this defense. They're going to keep rolling and, um, yep. I'd expect nothing less from them, especially on a short week facing a rookie quarterback, and then you get a longer week to prepare for the Jets, who just were god awful today. Yeah. So we're really well, looking you know, forward to this Cleveland matchup, and then you know you yeah. kind of have to buckle up for that, you know, that little well, five week span, right? The Jets, you assume, will have Donald back. Um, they, I mean, you know, you talk about terrible coaching. I mean, for goodness sakes, Sam Donald took every single first rep snap in practice this week, and then yeah, and then play. Luke Fox starts Sunday. <laughs> It was just like, what are you doing? And so you got to assume he's close to coming back. So he'll be back for that matchup. So at least they'll provide some resistance. But overall, I mean, they have no chance of beating the Patriots. You look at it, and I can't imagine that they had a chance of beating the Patriots. So, you know, this week against the Giants, yes, the Giants always play them tough. And Giants have been playing well, and Daniel Jones has them playing well. But Belichick does not lose to rookie quarterbacks. He just doesn't do it. And so uh, it's not going to happen this week either especially on a short week where the Giants aren't going to be able to really look into what the Patriots are doing much. They're going to confuse the hell out of them. Uh, and he's going to have, I, I think he's probably going to have multiple picks. And what they've been doing just defensively is insane. They had, what, six more sacks again today. They're just, they're all over the place. And it's really, it's it's unbelievable. And it's so much fun to watch, you know, as 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 a fan. It's just so much fun to see them go out there and dominate the way they've been dominating. And uh, and there's nothing more you can really ask for. I mean, I don't know where this team goes from here. Obviously, the offense needs to improve, right? But one name that I have an eye on now, I don't know if this is complete 100% conjecture for me, but as Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders had a terrible game today. Barely threw him the ball. Uh, that team is, is god-awful. 
and they're not going anywhere. And I believe Sanders in the last year of his deal. So that's a guy I would love for the Patriots to target. They went after him as an RFA uh, when he left Pittsburgh and, or when he was leaving Pittsburgh and they offered him some rinky dink contract um, because they thought Pittsburgh was in cap jail and Pittsburgh ended up matching it. Um, but that's a guy that I'd love to see them go after and bring in if they can. Uh, and I think he could, he could at least provide a little bit of a boost. Yeah. And, you know, you know, I, I talked about it and I tweeted it out earlier in the game. This was the first half kind of overreaction for me. I said, the Patriots desperately need uh, Nikhil Harry back. And I, you know, I got some heat for it. Uh, desperately probably isn't the right word, but Hey, yeah, they, needed, they, they really, Pat, they need an outside guy that I thought they had it with Gordon. But listen, yeah, Edelman, everybody knows this offense goes through Edelman, right? I mean, without him, they don't have an identity. They, they're not, they're going to have a tough time moving the ball. But they need an outside guy who can gain separation and kind of free up from Gordon. They have that one big receiver. He's getting doubled. And, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to find ways to free him up. You've seen the crossing routes with the picks over the middle. That's where the big right. plays have been coming from Gordon. But a lot of his big plays have been phenomenal catches that – you know, I don't even know how he catches him in double coverage. They need another right. guy that can free him up and, and, and kind of take away pressure from him because, you know, this little short game, you know, dump off check down to James White or a little slant to Edelman, it, it works, right? But you're not going to play the Redskins, the Bills, the Jets every single week, right? I mean, right. they, they just, I, I think – you know, when you bring Harry back, you know, obviously hasn't had much work with Tom Brady. And, it, you know, I'm totally speculating if they bring him back. I'm totally assuming just because he is a first round pick and it's a receiver that's thin, let alone, I mean, Dorsett missed today with the hamstring. You know, Gordon's right. been banged up with the knee. And Edelman, obviously, you saw him clutching his chest a little bit today. They need a yep. receiver, Pat. They really do. I, you know, And it's crazy because everyone was obviously all up in arms when Antonio Brown was here. But guess what? He's gone. And he really right. put them over the top, right? Because he was able to yes. spread the field kind of in a way that Gronk did by the way he could do. He could do so much, freed up Edelman right. and freed up Gordon. They don't have that right now. They need that. They yeah. need an outside guy like Harry, a big body, gain separation. Right. And you get it. I mean, you are getting Ben Watson back this week, which will be a nice boost for them. But, you know, he's not going to I mean, we hope, right? We hope so. I would assume. I'd be shocked. I mean, either, gonna, either that or going to cut him. Like, it's one or the other. So... <sighs> Um, but I think I think the reason they didn't activate him this week is they didn't need him. They're playing a bum team, and they're playing on Thursday next week. So God forbid someone gets hurt, like Philip Dorsett, and you need you know like and you need another guy, then you can move players around and do things like that. And so I think that I think that that's one of those things where it was like, okay, we don't need to activate him just yet. Let's bring back a guy like Jordan Richards, who can play special teams for us this week. Because we knew that Chung and Ebner were both going to be out, so he plays a special teams role. And the next week, you can activate Watson and you cut Richards, and you know maybe those guys are back, maybe they're not. But you know, but then you know you had you had those guys. So that's to me. And, and you could cut Cody Kessler too if you wanted to keep Richards for, for another week or two if those guys aren't healthy. So I think that that's kind of where they were. That's where they were leaning. And that's why they didn't activate him just yet, in my opinion. Now, who knows? We'll find out tomorrow because. Either they're going to activate him, or they're going to cut him, or they're going to put him on IR. Those are the only three options they have. So, um, so you know, we'll find out. But I would assume he'll be back, which will help. But it's not enough. They need something else. And so, yeah, I mean, I think you're going to see them pursue someone. They already did it with Antonio Brown, so they knew they needed some help. 
So now the question is, what are they going to do? Who are they going to get? They're going to get someone. They usually make these mid-season trades. You see them make them, you know, most years. You know, they've been successful with, you know, Akeem Ayers and obviously kind of Noy and, and so, like, so they've been pretty successful with those over the years, Akeem leave. So, like, you know, I think they're going to – you'll see them make another one of those moves, and hopefully it'll be for a wide receiver. And maybe it's an Emmanuel Sanders guy. Maybe it's someone that we're not thinking about right now. But Sanders is a guy on the, on the top of my list again because he's on a crap team, and he's, a, you know, he's a, he's a little bit older, and he's towards the end of his deal. So it makes sense to move him. So – yeah, but, and, um, you, know, you know, we can speculate all we want, but we have to assume it's going to have to be a wide receiver just because that's really the only area of need that they kind of need depth at, experience at. I mean, right, like Edelman, this team runs through him. We talked about Josh Gordon. Is he going to be around? Is he going to stay healthy? We don't know. If they lose him, they're in trouble. And kind of yeah. sticking on him to kind of wrap it up, Pat, I don't know if you saw and you listeners out there, I wrote a piece today on the pulpit that I thought today was a great opportunity for Sonny Michelle and Josh Gordon to really get going, get their swagger back. And I think they did a good job with that. Obviously facing um, a Washington defense that ranked 28th in the league, Michelle 16 carries for 91 yards and a touchdown also caught a couple passes. Gordon five for 59, 11.8, you know, yards per, ca- uh, you know, uh, yards per catch. Reception, um, yeah. Yards per reception. I'm fumbling on my words over here, but yeah. I thought yeah, good yeah. because I thought you know they had to get their swagger back. Those are two guys that, like I said, I've been saying it all episode. Edelman gets you going, and you know you can do as much as you want with James White, but if you don't have Sonny Michelle and Josh Gordon going, this offense becomes very, very one dimensional and very beatable. Very beatable. I mean, you've yeah. seen the freaking Redskins held us to 12 points. In the first half, obviously the pick by Brady was terrible. Nugent missed the extra point. They couldn't really get anything going. But if you can get those two guys going consistently, factor in Edelman and White and you yeah. know um, Michelle, obviously that we're talking about. Bolden's been you know playing great, and then you know factor in Dorsett, plug him in in uh, here and there, like we talk about on our show. He's great. For a three-four complimentary, but as soon as he's getting those number two routes, he, he's just not the same. Right. No, I agree. And, and I think it's a good point. Like, Michelle is important to this team, you know, and, and they're committed to him. I mean, they, you know, they had Burkhead out today, um, and and still they didn't activate Harris yet, and they went with Michelle, and they said, nope, we're rolling with Michelle, and that's what we're doing. And so, you know, to have Burkhead out as well and still, you know, still roll with him, um, I thought would, you know, show that they're committed to him, and, and I think that, you know, they want him to be the guy. And so, you know, so we'll see. Now, obviously, you said uh, one one other guy just really quick before we before we ended here. Um, Nikhil Harry, I think, is a, is a good candidate to come off IR. But I'm telling you right now, Isaiah Wynn is one hundred percent coming off IR. Marshall Newhouse, Marshall man, Newhouse. come on, he got burned. I know he's going against yeah. Jonathan Allen, who was very good, but Brady right. was running for his life. The fact that, that he brutal. threw up. I mean, you look at Brady's numbers. You didn't watch the game. You see, twenty eight for forty two, three forty eight, and three touchdowns in the pick. You look at him, oh, he he shredded him, but he realistically was running for his life. He he was pressured, yeah. sacked. I haven't seen that since. I mean, Pat, since 2015 when Scar left the, the year they lost to Denver, right. it was it was like that. Yeah, it was it really was that bad. It was ugly, and you know it does make sense when you get the injuries on the offensive line. You know, Obviously, and, and yeah. so and I thought Cannon, I thought Cannon played like garbage today, and so you know he's not going to play that bad every week. But I wonder, I'm almost wondering, are they going to try to kick Tooney outside the left guard and stick? 
um, you know, the other kids that they got from, from Baltimore into that left guard spot. Now, I think that that's a little reactionary only because Newhouse has played okay since coming in. And so he had a, he had one bad game, um, but they were a mess today. And so that's got to yeah, get cleaned just, up, which, Brady you know, which you trust Star and you believe he's, you know, he, you believe he's going to figure it out. And so, but man, it's going to be good to get Isaiah Wynn back. Oh, it is. I mean, and you know, I I didn't mean to sound so negative here, but there's only so much you can talk about when you are five and zero playing the teams you do. Well, um, and and they're right. not perfect. I mean, they're five and zero, perfect record, right? But we talk about it every week. It there's some little things here that if they don't get figured out, they're in trouble down the road. And and you know, I trust them, and we trust them to get it done with Skarnecchia and and Belichick and these guys they have around at McDaniel's. They'll figure it out, but. Right. It's not looking well, as sharp. It's obviously much better than it was last year. And and like I said. Right. No, but listen, Spags, I mean, the big thing for me is that we don't, we're not here to go 11 and five and win the AFC East. We don't care. No. We no. want to be competing for championships. And so, Absolutely. so yes, we're five and zero, oh, and we're happy to be five and zero. Oh, and here we are. And that's great. And we're going to talk about some of the good things. We talked about the defense, but we're going to focus on those, on the, on the, the problem areas because those are the spots they need to fix in order to be competing for a championship. And so that's really the plot that that's for us is what we're looking at. And I think that most Patriots fans are looking at it the same way. It's not just, Oh my God, how good they're playing because they are playing well, but it's what can they improve on to make them even better than they played. Absolutely, Pat. And Hey, that'll do it from us. Like we say, Bill Belichick was happy. A win's a win. We'll take it five and oh, Hopefully the Colts give us a favor tonight in a couple hours. I hope they win. I mean, nice. the Chiefs are a wagon, but uh, it's looking like that that game December, I think it's December 8th or something, is going to come down once again for the number one seed in the AFC. I wouldn't want it any other way. Come to New England. Oh, yeah. um, me and Pat will talk to you next Friday on our show. You'll hear from Mark on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, as well as Alec and Rich on the Pat's Pulpit podcast on Wednesday. I'm Ryan Spagnoli. That's Pat Land. Here's another instant reaction to the Patriots' 33-7 win. We'll see you on Friday. Take care, guys.